All right, here we are, ready for episode three. I am here today with my amazing editor and producer, Valencia San Luis. Valencia and I met at Adelphi University on Long Island in Garden City, New York in the fall of 2018. Um, my husband was working at Adelphi at a time. My youngest daughter was attending school there. Our oldest daughter graduated from school there. So we have quite a Adelphi connection. And I was volunteering in, with the mentoring program on campus at Adelphi. And the head of the mentoring program, Chatsani West, matched me with Valencia. And she's like, I'm so excited about this match. And this Chatsani, who I hope you'll get to meet in future episodes, she's on my list of guests to have here with us. She's a master at matching people. Like she has stories. She's been doing this kind of work for a long time and she has stories and people are always amazed. She just has this gut instinct on putting people together. And so people just trust her. And so she put Valencia and I together and I was like, okay, she says, this is good. We're good. And we met for the first time, I believe in late October of 2018 and started our journey together. And we've continued our journey together. Valencia graduated from Adelphi in May of 2020. She was one of our blessed COVID graduates. <laughs> And she got to graduate officially on paper, but then got to walk at Adelphi a year later, just a couple of months ago. So it was finally feeling like, I think I'm actually, it's real. I'm actually graduating. <laughs> I had the ceremony. I got to wear the cap and gown. It's all good. Um, and we talked a lot about those and just transitions and how durable these both high school and college 2020 graduates are going to be because of the scenario that they've been thrown in. So we got a chance to talk a lot about these topics today that we're going to be hitting on about boundaries and self-care and self-love and living out of your own expectations versus everyone else around you. This woman has gotten a lot of practice in all of those areas. So, so it should be a great conversation um, around all those things. Valencia and I have continued to our mentor-mentee relationship, but also our friends and confidants. And she's just one of those people that will always be in my life. And, and it's an honor to have her here. She's a creative. She is kind and empathetic. These are my own words for her. I've got her character traits for you in a minute, but she was just, when I decided to do this podcast, she also has experience in this um, through various ways that she was involved at Adelphi University. Talk about someone who takes full advantage of the college experience. This woman took full advantage of the college experience. She dove into all the different places, clubs, um, that you could be a part of and make sure you check out our show notes on her because that will list out all of those places that she was um, involved with and, and started on Adelphi's campus in some instances. Um, so she um, was a perfect fit. I'm like, Valencia, she was, she's going to be my editor and producer. And I'm so honored that she accepted that um, offer and has been willing to take that on. Um, Valencia is curious. She's intuitive, always growing, supportive, and poetically optimistic. And absolutely 100%, thousand percent agree with those. And she came up with those on her own. And I just love that because that's such an indicator of how well she knows herself. Um, like I said earlier, when I was talking about her college involvement, for more information on Valencia, Please see our show notes. Um, please take a look at our website, embracinglayers.com and follow us on Instagram at Embracing Layers. But the show notes is really going to show all that she's been involved with. She is very excitingly getting ready to launch her own blog and her own um, podcast, her own brand, all built around taking care of ourselves as women and paying attention to those topics that historically, which I cannot figure out why the culture has done this to us, but because we're 50% of the population in the world, literally from day one, but those topics that are considered taboo, talking about our cycles and how they affect us, um, not just physically, but emotionally and how the proper discussion and handling and nurturing of those 
um, instead of looking at them as the problem, embracing them as part of our beautiful selves and, and what it takes to do that and get these conversations out in the open and, and really talk about them and treat them with the respect and honor that we, that we deserve, that we were created with. So she's building that around that. I can't wait for her to launch this. Make sure you check that out in the show notes. It's, it's going to be great. And it's, it's so perfect for her to dive into. Um, so for today, um, Valencia, thank you for being with me. Thank you a million for having me. (laughs) Oh, that, that, that was a no brainer. Um, I think we're going to start off with how to prioritize self-care in your life and what that looks like for each person. And I think you've, you've, you've nailed this one because you, and, but I want to start with when I met Valencia, Valencia had a hard time. Valencia is a, was a people pleaser, like worked her tail off to please everyone around us and, and not necessarily taking care of herself and really didn't understand or have boundaries in place. And I would say all those things she is so on top of, and it's really led her to this journey of, of what she's launching now. So I want to kind of preface that with how far you've come and how aware you are now and how we've been able to kind of walk through that together. Um, but yeah, talk, let's talk about, talk about self-care in your life and how you got to this place. Mm-hmm. I really appreciate um, everything that you just said. And Exactly how you said it is exactly what happened. <laughs> I, when we had met, I was really just someone who didn't understand things like boundaries or putting yourself first and the importance of prioritizing your own needs over everything, essentially. Um, And I feel like learning about self-care for me was really bundled with learning about boundaries and learning how do you actively love yourself? Mm. Because I think that's something that I didn't really consider before. Like I did some things here and there for myself that were, you know, I could say were self-care moments, but I didn't really have self-care practices, which is a big thing that everybody needs. Mm -hmm. I love that. I love that. So explain the difference on that. Yep. So self-care moments, I feel are just, you know, they could be moments where, all right, I am completely tapped out, burnt out, or just, Hey, you know what? It's Saturday. I haven't really read a book or something in a while. And it's just very, I want to say spontaneous or, or out of desperation rather. Yeah. Instead of something that you do consistently throughout your week, your month, like something that is a part of your actual life. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's something that I really needed to, to learn, you know, to have these different practices, to ground myself, to put myself first and to really actively set boundaries as well. Since we talked about the whole people pleasing thing. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think that uh, to talk about, um, my journey with getting here. I feel like a reason that I didn't have those practices or make those a priority were because I really, at the time, had very porous boundaries, if any, really, but very very porous boundaries. And that really was in um, my work, a lot of my uh, school activities, my friendships, relationship, pretty much how you do one thing is how you do all things. So how I did one thing is how I did all things. (laughs) And, um, but thankfully through, you know, us talking and through some other people that I was able to get some insight from, and honestly, from hitting rock bottom a lot of times, I was really pushed to adopt real self-care practices for myself. And some of those practices now look like, um, you know, meditation. It looks like speaking to myself with love and kindness, especially when I really need it. It looks like unplugging from the virtual world when I need to. Mm -hmm. Um, Now more so, it's also exercising, spending time outside, paying attention to what I need in the moment. Very, um, I want to say it is being present with myself Mm -hmm. at the core of everything. Present with myself and present with what I need. 
And that since I was always go, go, going before, <laughs> sure, I didn't really do, you know, yeah. and um, actually just to, to talk a little bit deeper about when I really started to prioritize myself, um, it's actually connected to when I started learning about uh, our wonderful feminine cycles that we have. Yeah. Yeah. Like at the end of 2019, um, I was really doing a lot of research about menstrual cycles, women's health, things of that nature. And through that, I was able to see that, okay, wait a second. Our cycles are not just when we bleed, first of all, because a lot of people kind of assume like, okay, when you say cycle, you just kind of mean it's when we bleed. But within our month cycle, Mm -hmm. we have these different seasons that we go through, not just physically, but on a real like emotional, mental, intuitive level. Like there are different things that we might prefer or there are different things that we it's like our desires and our superpowers, I like to call them, fluctuate mm-hmm. as much as we do. For example, right? Something that I've noticed just in my own journey is when I am in that wonderful uh, winter time is what I like to call when we bleed. So when I am in that wonderful <laughs> Embrace winter, the winter. Yes, exactly. <laughs> when I am in that wonderful winter time. Um, There are certain things that I notice uh, about my body, right, that I might be moving a little bit slower, um, that I might need certain foods to really help me feel just balanced. But I also notice that my intuition, for one, is just out of this world. (laughs) Like, I am able to synthesize things in such a better way than than really the the rest of my my cycle. And And also in that time, I realized that I need a lot of alone time Mm -hmm. and that I can be quite sensitive to things during that time as well. Mm -hmm. Now, conversely, when it comes to that uh, wonderful summer season, which is what I call that ovulation window, (laughs) that time I just have a huge desire to be around people, have adventures. Um, One of my superpowers during that time is I'm very communicative and I can connect with people pretty confidently. Um, So learning about this rhythm that I have has really, really helped me understand, okay, what do I need in this season? Mm -hmm. Do I need more alone time? Do I need more hanging out with friends? Do I need more intense exercise even? Do I need to kind of slow it down? Um, And connecting with that really has been game changing, honestly. I, I, there's so much in that. Um, first of all, I want to go back to the beginning where wouldn't you agree that putting practices in place versus these spurts or moments makes it so that you don't get to those desperation moments? Absolutely. Yeah. Hundred kind of, percent. Yeah. Preventative. The second thing is that that understanding, I think that we get blocked into this is what I do for my self-care and this is how it's going to go. And we don't necessarily build in, we make it something to check off our list. And we talked about this some in episode two with my daughters, but we don't necessarily um, understand the flexibility that you need to take a look at day to day and, and, and week to week. I think what you've broken down here is your body needs different things at different times of the month, depending on where you are. So so build in those things and don't get so tied into a routine that you haven't that you're not actually doing what's best for yourself. Self-care isn't actually that that self-care doesn't work for you that week. And also understanding too that there's different things that you take on throughout the month that are going to be better fit in some weeks than others. Now life is life and you can't always control that, but even that awareness of this is where I am this week. I know I have to knock off these things. So how am I going to do that? I mean, I feel like this awareness that you have about those things allows you to live your life in such a different way than we just go through on autopilot and we don't pay attention. And we just, like you said, like, oh, this is the week I'm going to bleed. And so this is the week I'm going to have my cramps. And but we don't pay attention to all those other areas. And the way you've dove into it, this is people, this is why you've got to go to the show notes and follow this woman, because this is life-changing. I think this is going to be life-changing for women. It's been life-changing for you. 
Mm-hmm. Definitely, definitely. And actually, what's funny is because um, I remember you mentioned about, oh, I'm, I'm going to bleed, I'm going to have cramps. Actually, part of why we even experience symptoms like cramps or any of the um, PMS symptoms, right, they're called, is because we don't pay attention to what our bodies need throughout the month. Mm-hmm. Um, and actually, what I found in my own journey is I've been able to reverse a lot of symptoms that I had. Wow. Why? paying attention to these subtle signs, taking care of myself in different ways with different food, exercise, all those things. Sure. Um, And to comment on on what you said before is like, yeah, self-care, you know, it's always great to have practices, right. That we do consistently. But what I found in my own experience is that the, the thing that you do doesn't have to look the same throughout the month. So, For example, one practice that I have is meditating. Now, meditation sometimes can be just a very deep, you know, internal, like 30 minute sort of meditation. But meditation can also look like a walking meditation. It could be a guided meditation. It could be a a sort of meditation where you're visualizing something. There's so many different ways that you can do one thing. Um, So Ah. that's something that I especially want to offer to women because we are cyclical human beings. We naturally, for one, and also we like variety. I feel like a lot of women like having that sense of being able to, to change pace and to go with what naturally feels good for them. Yeah. And again, again, that feels like this feels like it's helping me. I mean, there are days and I'm not nearly as locked into this as this woman is, but I have become more flexible in my routines. I'm not just it's not just a checklist item in it. And they'll be and I'm really listening to my body more. I'm like, today's a yoga and breathing exercises day. Today is not a 20 to 30 minute cardio day. It's just it's just not what my body needs, you know, even though I've got a pretty consistent routine, I've I've become more willing to be flexible. And some of that is just what I've learned from Valencia and just, you know, what she's doing and and what my daughter Kylie's doing um, are are very similar with her balanced approaches, but listen to your body, ladies, our bodies were built to help us and, and listen to your body. How is it feeling? What do you need? Um, And Valencia's got a really great um, plan for that idea for that. And that's just something she's learned, but I would say you've learned that. And we talked about this a little, again, like I said, in episode two about sometimes you don't know you need boundaries until you start crashing into things or you hit rock bottom. You don't necessarily recognize like, oops, mm, that hurt. Oh, this doesn't feel right. We need to do something about this. Um, Would you say that's been your experience? Absolutely. (laughs) Absolutely. In every way, because um, kind of what I had communi- uh, communicated before was how I did one thing was how I did all things. Mm-hmm. So really, if it was that I saw I had porous boundaries in all the different activities that I did right at school or that I had porous boundaries in my relationships, right, with friends, partners, family, whatever, It really was when I got to the point of, okay, I have absolutely nothing left to give that I started to think, you know what? I should probably have a boundary. I think that (laughs) I can try this out, see how it feels. (laughs) That was really, or those were really the moments where it hit the most. Because yeah. boundaries was really a topic that we had spoken about quite often throughout. Yeah, we revisited it a few times and I was learning about, we were learning about them together. Mm-hmm. So as I was learning about them, I was sharing my experiences with her. So don't be mistaken, people. I have not arrived on this. We literally walked this out together <laughs> and I was just kept telling her, don't wait till you're 50. I'm 51 now, but at the time 50 to do this, do this now so that you've got a handle on it. So it becomes part of who you are. You're going to have such a better, peaceful, more content existence. If you can get a, and learn from what I did not do early enough. So yeah, we really walked this out together and learned from each other. And honestly, I think, I think what's really refreshing about that too, is that I mean, I'm someone who believes everybody should have a mentor. That is just everyone in existence. If you don't have a mentor, please get one because that is such a game changer in that I was able to learn from you 
by, of course, you know, asking you about your experience, telling you about mine, but the fact that we were simultaneously able to walk through something together yeah, is, I mean, there's nothing like that. You know, it's yeah. an experience, I would say. Yeah. That really helps you learn on a deeper level. Absolutely. And, and, cre- and, and we held each other accountable and we also create, it created a different kind of bond because we literally, we did this journey together. So within the boundaries, you have a lot, we both do, we've talked about this, have a lot of people around us in our world that don't necessarily have boundaries, understand boundaries. So how would you say that you went about confidently setting these and communicating them with those that maybe didn't understand them or have them? Right. right. Or even like them. <laughs> yeah, right. That is. Especially for you, because I would say once Valencia People were used to Valencia just being available for them all the time. And I'm not, I'm talking about every facet of her life, all of her relationships were just like, she's, she's always available. And so when she all of a sudden started sending boundaries, it threw some people in her life because they, they all of a sudden, which this is going to tie into living out of your own expectations versus other people's expectations. This is all tied together, but talk about the boundaries communication. Yeah, that is, oof, in the beginning, no easy feat. <laughs> no, in the beginning, um, especially for someone who was very just deep in the trenches of people pleasing mm-hmm. and really uh, didn't have a grasp of that herself, right? Yeah. Um, I feel like when it came to setting boundaries, the absolute first thing for me was okay, how can I identify? my needs for myself. And then from that place, communicate to others, this is where I need to draw a line. Mm -hmm. Because really when I didn't have that understanding of what I needed for myself, I mean, it's easy for boundaries to be porous when you don't know yourself where a line should be drawn. Sure. So really, I would say that was the first real step. And I mean, drawing boundaries, I would say, especially for me was important because the people in my life felt very comfortable, right? Asking me to do things, coming to meet event, um, sometimes quite frankly, just projecting onto me as well. Mm-hmm. So it was a journey of, okay, because I've had this history of allowing these things to happen in my experience, how do I change that now? How do I go about having these responsible conversations? Um, so boundary, uh, an example of how I drew a boundary one time was I decided on Sundays, I am just not available to talk to anybody. Sundays are really my day with myself, with God, just, you know, me and the divine on Sundays. Yeah. And so I remember telling uh, one of my friends who just loved to call me on Sundays for some reason, <laughs> I said, Hey, you know, just so you know, if you call me on Sundays, I'm not available and I won't be answering. So at first, right, this friend didn't understand that. They were still calling me. They were getting upset that I wasn't answering. And, I, and I'm not going to lie. At first, when I set that boundary, I felt like I was doing something wrong. Because yeah. of that whole people-pleasing tendency that I was invested in before. Of like, oh, well, this person needs me or X, Y, and Z. But then as I stuck to that, um, and they started respecting that as well, um, not everyone will, but that friend, thankfully, started respecting that. I realized that the boundaries that I have are really for my own self-preservation. And that, you know, one, I'm not just living to serve others (laughs) for the first thing. And two, that by serving myself in this way, I'm actually serving everybody. Yeah. Because you're not giving from an empty cup because you had some bouts of getting sick a lot, getting very sick. And it was and and just being feeling absolutely frazzled. And you had just hit the bottom. You just you had were giving from an empty cup and you were taking no time to refill your own. And I think that's that's the message you're going to hear from me on this podcast every week, because I don't think women can hear it enough. It is not selfish to take care of yourself first because it's actually better for the people around you. You don't have a martyr complex. 
You're not resentful. You're not exhausted. You're giving from a fresh, healthy place. There, you're giving your best you when you first take time to do that. But we're not told that in this culture. We're not told that in our families. Um, we are not. We're not told that as women, and so I think that that's really important, and and that's something that you learned. But it's that consistency thing of, and you have people in your lives. We all do. And I'm talking out to the podcast world. You're going to have people in your lives. They're going to eventually come around and understand that, respect that. And you're going to have people in your lives that continue to violate it. And then that's when you have to make some decisions. Are these people really for me? Is this a relationship that's healthy and can continue? Or do I need to set an even harder boundary that unless you start respecting my boundaries, we're going to have to, I, you know, I love you. I respect you. I like whatever, but unless that can change, then we just can't continue on in this relationship like this, because this is not, um, this is not healthy. This is not a good way to operate and it's not going to allow me to be the best version of myself. So. Absolutely. Absolutely. And actually, um, something else I've noticed is when you start setting boundaries and you're confident and comfortable in doing so, it really does give people, I want to say permission to do the same. Yeah. And that's something that I've just recently noticed is that the more that I take care of myself, the more that I set boundaries, the more that I am really just, you know, giving to myself in a way that I deserve to be to be given to. Others see that and are now inspired to do the same for themselves. Yeah, that's something that's been directly communicated to me that's sort of put the pieces together in my life of, oh, wait, loving myself and taking care of myself is actually the best gift that I could give to people. Yeah. Yes. Oh, yeah. So, 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 so good. Um, And I think this next one that we're going to talk about, we've already really talked about it, is taking care of our emotional health as much as our physical health. And we talk with this, every, all this research you've done about cycles is a direct correlation. And, And what we've talked about with boundaries is you know, if you pay attention to those things, they all work together. And you talked, I think your best example was how you've changed how your cycle affects you in in terms of cramps and how you feel by paying attention earlier in the month, doing the things you need to do emotionally, physically, how you feed yourself, the kind of self-care you give. It has changed how you experience the winter season week Mm -hmm. um, because you paid attention to those things. So Um, talk about that a little bit and how you journeyed into that seeing that connection. Absolutely. 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 So yeah, physical health and emotional health are so connected to one another. Um, And this is something that I only first started to understand um, when I started to take my emotional health seriously, which Mm -hmm. I would say was probably my sophomore year of college Um, which was when I started working with a nonprofit mental health organization called I Am Acceptance. Mm. And this really was about um, empowering young people to really take control of their mental health and, you know, and to really talk about it. And that's where I started to understand, okay, my emotional health is so, my emotional health, my mental health is so important, right? It's so crucial to pay attention to. But even at that moment, I didn't see the connection to my physical health. Yeah. Then a little more down the line, I started paying attention to my physical health Mm -hmm. and I started noticing, wait a second, the more that I'm taking care of my physical health, the better I'm emotionally feeling. Mm -hmm. And it just sort of clicked for me of wait, 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 wait. These things are so connected to the point where I can't just take care of one thing and think that the other thing doesn't need to be taken care of as well. Absolutely. They, they feed off each other. Yes, absolutely. And so really when it came to being uh, in tune with my cycles and realizing, okay, what is it, what is it that I need now? What is it that I, what is it that I'm feeling? Honestly, Um, because uh, one thing that I'll tell you is before we bleed, right? That whole PMS uh, time. Yes, we may experience physical symptoms that tell us, hey, something physical may be off. It's coming. <laughs> right, honestly. Like, 
And it, and it's so funny because um, for one example I'll give is I didn't realize how much uh, dairy, the dairy I was eating was mm. impacting me until I was taking a look at my cycle and taking a look at some of the symptoms that I was having. And I decided, you know what, I'm going to cut out dairy, right? For a few months, see how it affects me. I never got those symptoms again. Wow. <laughs> Doing that one thing. Wow. So it's, it's paying attention to those physical things, but also during that time, emotionally, a lot comes up for us, right? Mm -hmm. um, if we haven't been setting good boundaries during the month, this is actually the time where we can experience a lot of resentment. We can be a little bit irritated. There's like different things that's going on for us. Yeah. But oftentimes we just think, okay, it's PMS. It just is normal. Yeah. Which again, it is not. So some yeah. of the things that I, that I do to really take care of myself is, or take care of my emotional health is really asking myself where I am right now, journaling, talking to mentors like you and getting a good sense of how did I get here? Yeah. And what do I need now? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. All. Yes. So many, so many good things there. Um, and again, I, you, if you notice the excitement in my voice, I've gotten to watch her do this. And this has just been the coolest thing because she's going to help so many women with these. And there are things that we just haven't slowed down to pay attention to because we're so busy taking care of everybody and everyone and everything else around us, because that's what the culture has told us that we're supposed to do, which is in direct conflict with actually the culture. You, you're telling a lie because, and you're actually playing yourself because you're not actually getting the best of us <laughs> by telling us, by feeding us, feeding us that lie that that's how we're supposed to live. So love, love all of that and love that we're finally talking about it. Okay. So, and I think this is going to be an easy segue, how we can support ourselves and other women in living unapologetically. The perfect topic. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yes. This is so, so tied in to what I want to do and where I am in my journey right now, mm -hmm. because I am learning pretty much every day how to live unapologetically by doing a lot of the things that we mentioned. Yeah. So prioritizing my needs and number one, actually really recognizing what those needs are like, and having it clear to me and clear to others. Like these are what, uh, these are what my needs are. This is what I am able to hold right now. You know, that, I feel like that's a big, that's another big thing of, yeah. hey, I'm only able to hold this much right now. Right. Talking about boundaries. Yeah. And allowing ourselves to live in a way that feels authentic and most loving to ourselves. Yeah. I think is the best way that I could put it in terms of li living unapologetically, because when you're coming from a place of, okay, I'm learning about myself. I'm learning about all of myself, right? The, the parts that I know of now, the parts that I'm discovering and I am becoming confident and comfortable with all of it. Mm -hmm. And now I'm showing up in the world. That is really, I mean, just one person doing that literally sparks so many other people doing that. Absolutely. It's, it's we do, it, we feed off of each other. And what would you say to those women? And I am one of these women and, and you know, you know, this about me of how we feel like we have to explain ourselves to justify what we're doing which takes us and we say sorry for things that we have no responsibility for. What would you say about that? Right. So uh, it's funny because I very much was <laughs> this woman as well. Mm -hmm. And part of my journey in doing so was realizing what is mine and what is not. Mm -hmm. And what is mine that I'm, you know, experiencing my own feelings, my own experience and what is it that I'm sort of taking on that I don't need to? 
Or what is it that maybe somebody's projecting that I'm now thinking, okay, I'm responsible for. And part of my journey has been, for example, I I used to say, I'm sorry for everything. Like (laughs) my best friend used to to joke with me that somebody's bumping into me and I'm saying that I'm sorry. (laughs) I wasn't even the culprit. That is so true though. How many times do we see that on an elevator or walking down the street or getting on the subway or just in our own homes. Mm-hmm. And yes. I, you know, and, and my, I'm, I'm very like, my husband's like, why are you apologizing for that? You know? And I'm like, mm-hmm, you're right. So yeah. having also, I think having that accountability person in your life as you're, as you're moving into that space and out of, you know, moving into living unapologetically out of that apologizing for the, everything that's going on in the world. It's really good to have that person help you point that out because you don't, I think we do it. So reactively that you don't um actually realize how much you're doing it i mean my counselor at one point was like count how many times a day you say sorry oh <laughs> mm-hmm. and she goes and then go back and look at those you know document it why you said sorry and how many of those were actually your responsibility ladies you're going to be shocked most of them are not yes and we have to stop seeing ourselves and our needs as inconveniences to others yes uh Yes. Yes. So that that's is a really big. If thing. you take nothing out of the else out of this today, take that with you. Yes. Because one practice I've started adopting is replacing um, sorry with thank you. Mm. And that looks like, for example, I used to say, uh, hey, so sorry that I took um, so long to respond. And sometimes I still say that. But for yeah. the most part now I say, thank you for being patient with me. Oh, I love that. It changes the whole dynamic of things. Oh, 100%. That's so good. Oh, that's so smart. I love that. Okay, I'm, I'm going to start using that. I love that. That's just, it changed, because that's that whole self-talk thing. And it changes completely. It's, it's all that. We can say things a lot of different ways. And so it's finding that way that's the best, most healthy outcome, you know, for all people involved. Oh, so good. So good. So good. Okay. Um, this also wraps in really easily with all that we've been talking about, but the importance of setting and coming back to your why in everything you do, because your why, when you started was all about the people around you, mine too. We both walked into this at the same time with the same practices. I was just learning how this was affecting my body. So I was sharing those experiences with Valencia. I'm like, this has gotten me nowhere good fast (laughs) or not so fast. It took 50 years. Um, But talk about that. Mm -hmm. This is a topic that you and I have revisited time and time. (laughs) How many times have said Valencia? What's your why behind that? (laughs) Yes. And I have appreciated it every single time (laughs) because really having that reminder of, Hey, what is your why behind this? Or why are you doing this? It has changed my, honestly, my entire perspective of how to live. Yeah. Cause it really pushes you to live more intentionally, you know, mm-hmm. like, why are you, and this is with everything. Why yeah. are you doing any of the things that you're doing? Right. Is it because you actually want to do these things? Is it because you feel like you're supposed to do these things? Is it because somebody else sort of has the things that you want and you think that by doing it this same way that you're going to get those things? So many different um, reasons, right? right? And we don't really look into, we're just, I'm doing this and that's that. Yeah. We don't stop and think about it. Yeah, exactly. And so for me, it's really been about sitting with myself and asking myself, is this coming from a full place for me? Does this feel expansive? Mm -hmm. Um, One wonderful uh, coach of mine told me one time, she said, if it doesn't feel expansive, make a U-turn. It's not that way. And that just really (laughs) rock in that. And it applies to this so well in that when you have a expansive why for why you're doing something right. When something feels 
exciting, maybe even, you know, maybe you're, you're a little scared to do it, but it, it feels good. It feels like you're in the direction that is most natural and aligned with you. Then you're on a really good path. But yeah. if this just seems like something that, you know, it seems like a good thing to do, or, you know, it's something that, I don't know, somebody, your, your friend or your partner is doing it. And, oh, it would be nice to do that with them too. And it kind of just seems, you know, when you're yeah. in that wave of, oh, well, kind of, let me try to see how this is a good thing. Yeah. Moving from one thing to the other, kind of yes. on autopilot. Yes, exactly. 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 And honestly, that's something we have to untrain ourselves to do. Yeah. Because in a lot of ways we are trained to be on autopilot Mm -hmm. and to just pretty much stay there. Yeah. But the only way that we are really going to get what we really want is to come back to that why again. Yeah. Um, And often that why is connected to our experience, like Mm -hmm. a big reason why I I say to myself, okay, I would love to help women be more in tune with themselves, living in sync with their cycles and in a way that they actually love is because that's something that I learned to do. And I feel everybody should know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, You're, You're excited about like, I've got this information. I've got to share it with everybody. Yes. Yes. And I feel like that is a very different why then I had with other things that I may have uh, done in my life of, okay, well, this is something that is prestigious perhaps, or this is the next step traditionally that people do. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, of course I'll do that. Yeah. Which is, is funny. Cause it's making me think about um, what you talk about with growing out of expectations. Yeah. So something I will share and they might not like this, but (laughs) (laughs) they were like, I really hope you're not going to say this, but um, something that I considered after graduating uh, with my bachelor's degree is during a pandemic, might I add, is okay. I'm going to spend some time obviously applying for jobs, building my own brand, that sort of thing. Um, But one wonderful parent of mine was always pushing you need to get your master's, right? (laughs) Now, let me preface. I am not against master's or highest higher education in the slightest. I think it's super important and that everybody should get educated to the extent that they need to, right? But for me, I did not see a clear cut reason or, or really a strong why for me to do so. There wasn't a particular major, for example, that I wanted to go to graduate school for. There wasn't a particular job that I needed to get this, you know, master's degree for. So I was thinking to myself, okay, if I just go to graduate school, just to go, Mm -hmm. that's not really a solid why. Yeah. Like it's, and, and again, who knows two years down the line, you might find me in graduate school, but right now I just see for myself, like, okay, if I don't have a strong why with this commitment, cause it is a commitment, then I am not going to actually get what I want out of this. Yeah. You know, the why helps you even figure out and get what you want out of yeah. the thing that you're doing. And I would say, and cause growing out of expectations is the next Thing that I wanted to discuss and you say you went into that beautifully and I want to point out that this parent loves you fiercely and you know really wants just the best for you Valencia's parents have worked you know very hard um <coughs> excuse me they um multiple jobs um and came here to this country to provide those opportunities you know for you because they came from Haiti correct yes both of them yeah. And so so from their standpoint, you get the education, you get the most you can get because we're in America and we can and it's available to us. So all very loving. There's also stats out there that support that, you know, black and brown women getting their master's position themselves better. I and mean, there's all kinds of things to support that. What I loved about where Valencia was in this portion of her life is she understood that that wasn't right for her. And so she didn't allow their very good loving intentions to keep her from her why, 
her boundary, all of that. She understood that. If this had happened three years ago, when Valencia and I had met, Valencia would have gone to grad school Mm -hmm. because that's what her parents thought was the best idea. And because she had the very porous kind of boundaries at the time, she did that. Um, So that's the difference between Valencia in 2018 and Valencia in 2021. And dad has continued to fire away on that. (laughs) Absolutely. Absolutely. And you know what? I trust him to continue to do so. I definitely do. And we love dad. Yeah. You know, but but that we all experience that we all have those people in their lives. They're like, their intentions are good. They really believe they know what's best. Um, But but you having a clear understanding of maybe that is a good idea, but if, if, but it doesn't mean it has to be just because it's coming from a loving place from another person doesn't mean you automatically that it's right for you. And you, and right. you understood that and, yeah. and stood your ground on that. Def- yes. Thank you. And I think it really is important to realize like you can be open to your loved one's opinions. You can really, you know, consider them balance out like, okay, does this work for me? But it always has to come back to why would you do this in the first place? And does it actually work for you in the season that you're in right now? Yeah. Cause there's so many good ideas. There's so many great oh. things that you could do. Yeah. But does it actually, do you have that strong why? And that's what you and I consistently go back to. Yeah. The why and the boundaries, which is how Valencia has landed in a space of truly living out of her own expectations versus those around her. Because, I mean, your mom is a worker. I mean, she's got her own jewelry shop. She is a realtor. She is going 90 miles an hour all the time. Um, she also had a very specific idea of what you want. She wanted you to pursue you know, degree wise, because she thought that would be best for you. And so Valencia made a decision halfway through college to go a different route. And she had to stand her ground on that too. So again, it was all these things come from a loving place. All of, you know, people in your lives are going to have things come from a loving place, but you standing firm and understanding what's best for you is going to allow you to live out of your own expectations with boundaries, with healthy wise. Um, otherwise, you're just going to continue to do every good good quotes idea that comes your way and you're going to be exhausted and you're not going to know who you are. Mm -hmm. Like you're living your life out of everybody else's expectations of you instead of your own. And you, you get in these spots. Um, like I did at age 50, I'm like, yeah, but who am I? What do I care about? What are my dreams? So yeah, Mm -hmm. getting a handle on this for Valencia in her early twenties is life-changing. Absolutely life-changing. And, and as you've continued to express those boundaries, they've continued to understand that you've that they're there and not that they're going to stop saying those things. But there's been she's been consistent with that. She hasn't been wishy washy, which is tricky because we could it's very difficult early on when um, especially when you're coming out of that people pleasing codependency mode uh, to feel like, oh, I'm a bad person or, oh, I'm letting them down or, oh, oh, I'm going to disappoint them, you know, and getting to like, no, at the end of the day. I'm disappointing myself if I do those things. And if I'm disappointing myself, I can't be who I authentically am. So, right. And I have to say um, something that helps with those earlier moments of, oh, I'm a bad person for setting boundaries is I have some friends who they are boundary queens. They will let you know, (laughs) this is what I stand for and this is what I will not tolerate. And those people really just remind me or or in a way, I guess, give permission for me to understand, like, that's not just available to them. Like, this is something that I can also do when it comes to setting boundaries and prioritizing myself. Yeah, absolutely. It is contagious in a good way. Mm -hmm. And and, and being mindful of the people you surround yourself with. Definitely. And how that affects you. Um, Accepting the layered aspects of ourselves. Um, You know, how do you go about doing that? All those things that have, you know, made you who you are. Cause I would argue that without all those experiences that you had early on in our your relationship, our relationship, you wouldn't have gotten to these places. And so instead of looking back at those things and being like, Oh, I can't believe I was that way. Like, you know, it's by walking through that, that I got here. That's how I see it from my perspective. Is that, how do you see it and how do you absolutely. encompass that? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, I have um, had quite a journey of accepting different aspects of myself because before, I mean, the only real aspects I was accepting were the positive ones, <laughs> all the great traits, all the the wonderful, like 
great, you know, relationships with people, intelligent, all these things. Wonderful. I can embrace that. No problem. But the more that I started to do work around noticing some of the, I'll call them shadow aspects of myself. Mm, I like that. Yeah. Noticing these aspects and really integrating them into my experience as opposed to trying to push them out. That is really when I started to accept those more layered, nuanced, darker at times aspects. Um, And it really came from that period of, okay, I, what's being reflected to me, either through mentors, um, through friends, or even through noticing what I don't like in other people. Mm -hmm. Um, Because actually what we, what we find ourselves reactive to in other people, I feel like we also have within ourselves. Yeah. So noticing in those three instances, okay, this is what's being reflected to me. People pleasing tendencies, overcommitting to things that, and definitely not needing to do that. Porous boundaries, you know, all these different things that were coming up for me. And sitting with that and really understanding, okay, how do these things serve me in some way? Because they do. Mm -hmm. Um, And how can I give myself permission to turn down those aspects, I want to say, to see them for what they are? but to also realize that I don't have to be, uh, I want to say controlled by these aspects of myself. Yeah. That I can notice when, okay, actually mm, that was, uh, that was me not really setting a boundary or, mm, okay, I think I'm starting to overcommit again. And realizing that I can acknowledge those moments, but I'm not consumed by those moments. Yeah. And you're not trying to step them away. I, I think you've learned. I think we all learn from those moments. You know, whatever it is we go through, we we gain something from it. We either build up some skills that allow us to get through it and or we are alerted to, oh, this is something I need to pay attention to. Um, and so it, it's all part of who we are. We don't get to where we are on these journeys without walking through those things and how we walk through those things and how we respond to them. So, um, another thing, big thing too, is realizing that a lot of times our mess, right. Or the things that we don't like about ourselves, that ends up being our message to other people of how you navigate those things. Like, I mean, think of any successful person in the world, right. That you could think of. Actually, I know that you like Brene Brown, so I will take her as an example. (laughs) She is a perfect example where a lot of her her research and and her work, um, yes, is uh, rooted in her being a researcher, but it's also rooted in her own life, in things that she's had to navigate. Absolutely. And the reason actually why we gravitate towards those people is because they have that lived experience Mm -hmm. that we can relate to. So I want to say another aspect of accepting those um, layered aspects of ourselves is realizing that it is useful and and wonderful in a sense to have that. Yeah. Like there is nothing. um, I like this quote that says nothing is uh, either good or bad, but thinking makes it so. Yeah. These qualities about ourselves are not, you know, these uh, bad to be ashamed of thrown away qualities. Yeah. Part of our experience, they're part of ourselves. So they all need to be embraced. Yeah. Oh, I love that. So good. And, and great example with Brene and it's that authenticity about her experience. And this, it's how I landed on this podcast. I'm like, I've got some things that I've learned that I think I can help other people with without those experiences. I wouldn't be sitting here having this discussion. So yeah, so true. Really, really good points. All right. Um, we've talked a lot about this too in our in our time together in three years. How have these things 
changed your relationships? Because I don't believe that you can cultivate healthy relationships with others without putting these things we've discussed in place. So talk about your relationships um, and how they've changed over the last few years. Definitely, definitely, definitely. I would say the biggest topic that we talked about uh, that really has changed my relationships with people has to be boundaries, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and setting those boundaries and seeing how those boundaries are received. Yeah. I think that, um, and I'll, I'll give this example because it's fairly recent. My uh, close friend and I had a conversation about the fact that it felt like she just was always emotionally dumping on me Mm. and wasn't really asking me, Hey, do you have the space for this? Um, Hey, how are you doing? Um, You know, at times we would be on a phone conversation and an hour would go by and I realized I didn't say anything during this conversation. (laughs) You didn't ask me how I am one time. Right. Exactly. Exactly. And it was in uh, having a, a real sit down conversation with her of, Hey, this is something that I've noticed is a pattern. And, you know, because I care about you, I love you. I want us to continue this connection. I need to set this boundary with you and I need it to be respected. And the funny and beautiful thing is that this wonderful friend was like, I'm so glad that you told me that. And that and experiences like it made me realize that with healthy relationships, you setting boundaries or taking care of yourself or simply asking for what you need, right, in a kind way, it will never be too much. It will never be, um, you know, something that you really have to uh, overthink, you know. Sure. It will always be something that you navigate with the person in a very healthy and productive way. Yeah. And so... And I've had experiences where that was not the case, where I would set a boundary and it just time and time again was not respected. Mm -hmm. And I had to really um, speak with those people of, hey, you are not respecting this boundary. And because I've told you this time and time again, and you're not respecting it, I'm also one, taking it as disrespect. And two, I think we have to reevaluate our relationship with one another. Yeah. And that can be really difficult to do. Yeah. Honestly, so necessary. 100%. If you're going to live out of your truest self and surround yourself with those people, because I think what happens in those conversations, and I have that, I've had that own experience where those people that don't understand boundaries and need you to be available to them and drop everything and whatever with not respecting that boundary they're the ones that are going to tell you you're selfish because they don't have the practice. They don't understand the practice. Many times these are trauma bond like relationships. They aren't. And because they don't have those practices in place, that's what, that's the story they tell themselves rather than stopping and looking and being like, Hmm, maybe this is something I need to consider for myself. Cause they just don't have the emotional maturity tools. No one showed them that. And, and they it doesn't necessarily serve them in that moment. Um, and so being mindful of that and being okay, but I think you, you've got to get to a certain place where you understand that and see the value of it in your own life to be able to communicate that to somebody else. Cause even when you're there, it's so hard. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I'm in the process right now. I've, I've got some boundaries that I'm going to have to express to some family members coming up over the next couple of weeks, I can guarantee you they're not going, some of them are just not going to understand and they're going to be mad and they're going to be upset. And, but that's not my responsibility. It's my responsibility. And if they truly care and and love me, they will respect that and want that and, and understand that when I can, I I will revisit them in a different way at a different time, but it doesn't, you know, it's, we don't want to make it sound like this just becomes this easy thing to do. It does become easier with practice. And as you surround yourself with more people that are doing those things, it becomes evident to you how absolutely important it is and how much better and healthier you feel in those relationships are. But, but it takes time and it takes practice and commitment and really putting it into play yourself. But you're always going to have those people 
that don't understand it. So I, I don't think it ever gets to a point where you have to stop communicating that in some way. And you have to kind of just always be willing and ready to do that. Mm-hmm. And having boundaries with people and communicating that honestly means that you care about the relationship. Yeah. Think about it for people that we don't really give the time of day to. Yeah. We don't go through the effort of, Hey, I still want to have a wonderful and loving relationship with you. Here's what I need. Here's a boundary that I have. If we don't really feel a connection in that relationship, or if we don't really care about it, that effort isn't really put in. So I yeah. think what's important for, for the person who's setting the boundaries and the person receiving it to understand is this is part of sustaining a healthy relationship. It's not a wall. It's not a way to push you out, right? Yeah. It's actually a way to preserve, I mean, ourselves, but also preserve this relationship. Yeah. Oh, that's really good. Really good point. Thank you for sharing that. That's such a, that's such a wise thing. And it's so important for us to remember, especially if when you're trying to do it with that person that you're like, you know, going in, there's some people you just know going in, this is going to go over not well. <laughs> so how do I, so how do I do this? And, and even using that language that you just used with them, I'm like, I'm doing this because I love us and I love our relationship and I want us to be our best selves for each other. Um, at all times. And if I do this now, I, I'm just, I'm, I'm not going to be able to honor that. And that's not good for me. And that's not good for you or our relationship. So very good. Good stuff. Good stuff. All right. What are some practices you use to process your emotions in a healthy way slash live out feel? So you've talked about some of the things you do. So, and this is, so it's going to be more of a recap, but really how do you live out feel and really process those because I think what happens with emotions sometimes is not sometimes a lot of times we go through that experience and that experience stops and so we're like okay it's done and we move on and we don't necessarily finish processing the emotion that came with it and it can be a good or bad or any kind of an emotion and then all of a sudden these things they don't if we don't process them they get stuck and they show up in other ways um whether it's you know you know anxiety or you know, my tightness in your chest or neck pain or a headache or whatever it is. So talk about that a little bit. Um, some practices that I use to really process my emotions in healthy ways are things like journaling or writing. For me, getting things out um, in a written or verbal way really helps. Like something that I started doing, um, I've been journaling for a while, um, you know, physically with a pen and paper. Yeah. But something that I started doing was I would make these little voice memos to myself mm. and actually talk out what I was feeling, what I needed to consider, you know, what was going on. Because I realized, idea. yeah, it, it releases something for you when you're able to, to name things, to, to name how you're feeling, for example, to just move out of your body yeah. what is going on. Um, so another practice too, is things like exercising, um, some other things like dancing or singing. That's another way I like to express mm-hmm. and going to therapy as well has been very helpful. Yeah. So sometimes, um, I would say sometimes the most wonderful thing you could do for your emotions is really just finding a way to express that. Mm. So for me, it's always been, how can I express this instead of keeping them all in. Yeah. And I express this either to myself or to somebody else. Yeah. Awesome. Oh, so good. I love the video. I, I might, cause I am a one that talks things out and, but people around me don't necessarily always have the bandwidth for that um, or the energy for that. So I think there's a lot of, Ooh, I might try that. I love that. Thank you. We've never talked about that before. We've known each other three years, learning things new every day. All right. We are at our rapid fire as we wrap up this wonderful conversation that I'm just so excited to share with everyone. There's so many good nuggets in this for people to learn from. So I would like you to name five activities that nourish you. Mm -hmm. Five activities that nourish me. Number one is definitely singing. Um, Then right behind that is dancing. Mm -hmm then listening to spoken word poetry Mm. and meditating. And then lastly, like I mentioned again, journaling. Okay. 
So who are you like, I'm, this is not, this is off the rapid fire, but who are some of your favorite artists in spoken word in music? Mm, that's a good question. You know, I think that sometimes it varies, but for example, right now with spoken word artists, I really like um, Sarah Kay. Mm. I like uh, Rudy Francisco. Mm -hmm. They, with spoken word, there's just something about being able to express things in such a beautiful way and sometimes really hard things in such a beautiful way. And in terms of um, artists, different artists that I like, one guy that I just think is a creative genius right now (laughs) is um, Masego. Mm. His feel, the, the type of music that he makes, I just really feel at peace with it it really nourishes me in some way yeah awesome all right and lastly um five words that you are hoping to live out in the next six months you know i will say this as an affirmation okay in the next six months i feel free i feel healthy Mm. i feel vibrant i feel secure and I feel balanced. Nice. I love the way you set that up as an affirmation. I think that's another great tool rather than this is what I want to do. No, this is what I am doing. This is what I'm going to do. And a great mentor of mine said to me one time, um, Betty Colville Lothar is her name. God rest her soul. She said, if you're doing something 5% of the time, you're doing it. It's part of who you are. We have this belief that if we aren't doing it all the time or it's not 100% of the time, that it's not a character trait. It's not something we're doing. And she's like, and I don't know where she got that. I think it's just from lived experience. She was an older woman that I got the great chance to know probably about the last 10 years of her life. And I think that, you know, and so speak, so one taking that, I'm like, okay, I'm doing it 5% of the time. I'm doing it 1% of the time. I'm doing it. Mm-hmm. And then speaking that in affirmation changes the way instead of, oh, I want to do this, or I wish I could do this, or I hoping this. No, I am. This is, this is how I'm going to exist. So thank you for that. Absolutely. And actually what's funny about that is my uncle always told me, um, instead of saying I'm trying to do something, it's mm. either you are doing it or you're not. So yeah. there is no try. Oh, well, and it's funny because my husband's grandfather um, had a saying, trying's lying, doing does it. (laughs) (laughs) I like that. (laughs) It's like, all right, well, there's that. Um, So on that note, I want to thank Valencia for joining me today. Uh, So great to have you here. Such a good conversation. I learned so many things about you today, which was really fun because when you know somebody and the types of conversations you have, you tend to think, oh, I know everything about them. And so many great nuggets today. So thank you for that. Um, Next week, we are going to have my wonderful media person. She's created our website. She has, and she keeps it up. She's created our Instagram and helps me keep it up. Abby Bikel, she's going to join us. Um, but I want to thank Valencia again. Um, you're, you're just uh, such a blessing to my life. Thank you again, Chatsani West, for bringing us together. Um, we hope you enjoy this episode and have a great week. 